Welcome to FacingMelsMusic.com podcast featuring some of the most heartwarming stories from musicians all around the world on FacingMelsMusic.com. And a very warm welcome to Facing Mel's Music. This is Mel Golding, your host. And I have a wonderful guest for this afternoon. I have an author, a course designer, a facilitator and coach, Deborah Hawkins. Welcome. Well, good. Thank you, Mel. Thank you. Deborah, you're doing so much at the moment. You're doing your courses, you're writing. Um, You sound really, really busy. I'm pretty busy, but I spend a lot of time alone actually thinking, Mm -hmm. Mm, which is okay. Yeah, and obviously that is how you're coming up with all these wonderful ideas. Um, You're going to be bringing to us today your uh, practice gratitude, uh, the art of practicing gratitude, gratitude as a practice. Um, Do you think you can tell us a little bit more about this and um, maybe where the idea originates? Um, If you could tell us something about that, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, I'd like to say that a little bit, talk a little bit about my background, because it really frames my gratitude practice Mm -hmm. in terms of why it's so important to Mm -hmm. me, why it really changed my life. I was, uh, I survived different levels of trauma as a child and had some experienced a lot of depression as an adult. Right, right. Which often meant poor, unfulfilling relationships and unfulfilling jobs. And I was at a low point in my life in my early 50s. I moved to another town to try to jumpstart my career, and it didn't work. And I moved back to my hometown and promptly had a car accident Goodness. and worked temp jobs and other things that were uh, very unhappy for me, unpleasant for yeah. me. And I said, I can't go on this mm-hmm. way. I was really at a low point in my life. And I decided, well, what can I do about mm. this? And I decided, well, I was a writer who wasn't writing. Right. Right. <laughs> and my... I believe very strongly in starting from where you are. Like, I can't expect a huge thing to change my life. I thought about what I could do myself and where I was and not try to, like, dream like some impossible thing. So I started by writing about little things from my daily life that made life seemed more convenient, more meaningful, or brought brought me pleasure. Mm. In other words, things I was grateful for. And I found that writing about those things really lifted my spirits. It gave me a focus for writing, but it also um, made me concentrate on positive things. And once I started doing this for a little bit, I started actually looking for positive things to write about and positive experiences. I realized they were everywhere. Right, right. And I just really had to train my mind to look for it. And this, of course, went through some evolution in terms of rereading all the things I wrote and discovering, looking for patterns in my own life mm-hmm. and in my own writing, mm-hmm. 
And I discovered I tended to write about a handful of themes. Mm. And I referred to them as my personal gratitude themes. Mm. And knowing what they are made it even easier to bring up my mood in other circumstances. Fascinating. And I think this is what I want to teach other people how to do now. If you really understand yourself, gratitude is not just a response to things going your way. It's really p most powerful when it's really knowing yourself mm. and knowing how to see what uplifts you and affects you in the world as it is. So it's really, it's very much about looking at the present moment. It's really focusing on the now, basically. Very much. Um, some people ask me, well, what can I do to start a gratitude practice? Mm. If I'm really in a dark place, I go, if you can't even think about gratitude, if like it's too much of a stretch because you feel so terrible, I just tell people practice being in the present moment and being becoming aware of your feelings and your thoughts about your feelings. Because if you know how to check in with yourself and take a little baseline reading, you can say, well, do I want more of this or less of this? Mm. It's as simple as that. You can build on positives, even small ones. Mm. If you stop things or slow things down and recognize what's actually happening, and know yourself so well, you could see what you want um, want more of in your life. Mm, so it looks like you really have to sort of pause for a while, then take a step back uh, to have a clearer view of where you're at in the present moment and where you want to be heading with everything. And uh, you mentioned about identifying things in your immediate surroundings. Um, is that part of the gratitude process um is that one of the starting points i think it's like emotional intelligence i think so much starts from self-awareness and a self-understanding if you know what you value if you know what's important to you you could then look at yourself and um i'm very big on self-inquiry if you mm. look at yourself and ask yourself some questions, following sort of understanding the basics of what is important to you, mm -hmm. you have a head start. So it right. becomes much easier to ask yourself, do I want this? Am I making the right decision? Am I on the right path? Because I tell people if you're not happy with what you're getting, you either need mm -hmm. to um, change your actions so that they're more aligned with your values, or you need to start telling yourself what you really want is different than what you think you want. Some people mm. pursue, whether it's marriage or a career, because of their parents or what they think they want, and they're not happy. So you could go back and say, did I take the right actions to give me this result? But if you're still not happy, you may have to re-choose what your 
values what your self-inquiry is telling you. Maybe mm. you want a different goal. Sure. And that really does involve taking a step back, doesn't it? It, it really involves pausing, taking a step back, reevaluating the situation and just looking at where you want to go. Um, it's quite a skill to do that. So how important is it to actually be in the present moment? Because uh, you have mentioned that. Um, and it's just to let the listeners know what they need to be doing. Because I know that you do this with your courses and there's a lot of this in your writing. So um, it would be good to explore that element, actually. Sure. There's, there's two things that come to mind immediately. One is that um, the power of the present moment is not only that that's where the change takes place, it's that um, you have a lot of power in the present moment. In any moment, you can re-choose. You can re-choose your, what you're doing, your course of action, or you could re-choose what your goal is, like I was saying, and... If you remember, you could always re-choose. That's tremendously empowering. And that's a good place to start. So what about the people who may find it really, really difficult to change things in their present moment? What about these people who may have the challenges? What about them? Even if you can't choose what happens to you, you can choose how you look at it mm, mm-hmm. and I think that's um, that's a big um, a big opportunity everybody has mm. so I know it's very difficult where you're habitually <laughs> choosing the negative yeah and you could like I did I could call all these past experiences where yeah. I got fired <laughs> mm. or I didn't get asked on the second date or whatever. Yeah. And I said, well, I can't change this. This is my life. But I can't change how I feel about that. And that's really huge. And the mm. other thing I want to say is um, being grateful for things in the present moment is not about willing yourself to like it. Right. Okay. It's like... If you know yourself so well, it's about finding what you can appreciate in that moment. So that might not be something you like, like it works out for you or is pleasant in that way, Mm -hmm. but it could be something that you value in some way. And if you practice seeing those things in the moment, Nobody is telling you it, what to value. It's, it's nobody else's um, control over your life, your experience of life. It's mm-hmm. only you. It's coming from you. And this is why I think my approach to gratitude is really suitable for these chaotic times. Yeah. We can't control what happens to us. Um, I think they're healthier um, because it's a healthier approach than other approaches because it's not really based on a religious doctrine or <laughs> any um, type of theology or something like that. It's just based on 
your personal experience and what you find important to you. And I think um, gratitude, especially practicing gratitude by intention, is a way to affirm that what you think and feel matters. And even though there's confidence and resilience and so many benefits, I would um, tout in this kind of approach to gratitude, uh, this feeling that um, I matter, Mm -hmm. what I think and feel really matters. Mm. It matters, if not anywhere else, it matters to my experience of life. I think this is like a tremendous thing for people to learn. Mm. Well, you're you're bringing up there some self-worth, you're bringing up self-respect, so... It feels like that that could be a very important basis also for developing what you call a gratitude habit. There's also the feeling of self-love as well. Um, And I wondered about that. Um, It feels like you have to have that element in there to make all the changes necessary. I think, right, that I was going to say that um, I think Self-love is basically saying thank you to yourself. Thank you for being the unique person that you are. Because people mm-hmm. often get um, tangled in thoughts of deserving. Or mm. uh, they look at love as a transaction. I'll love you if you love me. Well, yeah, very true. That's really, really true. <laughs> That's going to leave you very, very vulnerable if you can't complete the um, transaction. You're giving away your power. Mm. But if you remember, like, loving starts with you. It comes from you, whether you're loving yourself or somebody else. When you tap into what's important to you, when you really love yourself, say thank you to yourself Mm. for no other reason than because you're a unique person and you contribute your unique energy to Mm. the world. That's, that's good enough. That's enough. Mm. Yeah. Very, very important. What you've just mentioned there and about this um, uh, element of self care. Well, I think self-care is important. Like we should choose, I I shouldn't say should. (laughs) I try to avoid that. But I believe (laughs) when we make decisions Mm. to show care and compassion to ourselves, that's a positive thing. Absolutely. But I said in, I gave a talk the other week about self-love. And I noted that you could like, buy wonderful um like fish oil from norway <laughs> right you could buy organic vegetables mm-hmm. you could do all these things you buy a, a spa weekend that costs thousands and thousands yeah and still not love yourself yep very true and yep. i think loving yourself is more important than the self-care actions right i think true self-care comes from true regard, not judging yourself, accepting yourself for who you are, and not thinking about whether you deserve or not deserve to be loved. 
Mm, you see, I, I understand that fully from a, a counselling point of view. Uh, Cole Rogers, he talked about unconditional positive regard for your clients. Right, right. Um, so it feels like there is something very similar. You're teaching basically how to not judge yourself and um, the importance of that unconditional self-love. So it's unconditional. It's, it's putting it upon yourself, not not judging yourself. I definitely agree with that. I think that um, one of the quotes, I don't have it handy, one of the quotes I tried to refer to when I gave this talk on self-love is about how you treat yourself mm. tells other people how you want to be treated. Oh, <laughs> so I, yes, absolutely. 100%, I would agree with that. Um so it feels like this self-love um, is very connected to the art of gratitude because I, I guess you're, you're starting with yourself. You're kind of being grateful for yourself in a way. So there does seem to be a real link there. So it does make sense to go back to the beginning and start with yourself with this self-love to find that. Yeah, I think so. I think... Gratitude and self-love is very related um, because, and I bring up happiness too. A lot of people, mm. most everybody wants to be happy. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and if they don't want to be happy, they they sort of are happy when they pursue misery. <laughs> they like, convince themselves that mm. they're doing something that in a weird way kind of they get some satisfaction from it. Right. But I really think happiness, as we've come to think of it, is really hard to achieve and very elusive mm. that um, we probably can't stay in a state of bliss <laughs> forever. Mm. We'll, we'll lose it. We'll um, get knocked off that pinnacle and maybe um, we don't know we're in that high place till after it's over. So I think that's dangerous in some ways to pursue happiness as a state of bliss. But it's really wonderful when you know how to be grateful and by intention and come back to the good feeling, the contentment of that state and know that you could do that at will anytime you want to. So even though, you know, I might not be operating at a 10 all the time, I could probably operate at an eight and a half most of the time because I know I could, I still get sad or upset or concerned, but I know I could put my focus, put my attention on things I care about. Um, I know that in intentional gratitude, you're not trying to convince yourself mm -hmm. to like or be grateful for something you don't feel. Mm -hmm. But um, if you know what you care about, you can practice seeing those things. And that's tremendously empowering. Right. Okay. So can you talk about the importance of the actual daily practice of gratitude? And, and how do you do that, actually? How, how do you do that? Um, well, in my practice, I start with 
by knowing my gratitude themes. Mm -hmm. So each person has different themes that are important to them. Like my themes might include beauty and humor and surprise. And somebody else's themes might include like mastery. They feel good when they're feeling like smart or they like things to be in order. So everybody has different things that they're grateful for. So to the level that you can automatically or quickly see those types of things that you might be grateful for in life as it is. So you're not waiting for like some wonderful event. You're not like waiting for somebody to buy you a drink somewhere, or you're not waiting for a bonus from your boss or something like that. Um, My ability to see things that relate to my themes of beauty or surprise and all sorts of things reminds me that there are things to be grateful for everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a gratitude habit is to know that things that elevate your spirits exist in all places. Things to appreciate can be found in all places. And it's like you start out very consciously and deliberately asking yourself, like, if I'm in a situation and maybe don't feel good, I say, how are my themes showing up here? I will consciously and deliberately ask myself if the things that I'm grateful for might be showing up here. And after a while, it sort of becomes reflective. Like you will start, like once you know what you're grateful for in a broad sense, you will start seeing those things popping up. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if I talked to you about like the early days of COVID. Mm-hmm. There's um, a new show in the States that I really liked. Right. And there would be like a segment on it about um, lives well lived. And there's a um, newscaster would take one life and make five minutes to talk about a person who died. Mm. And it was a very sad experience, but in some ways I felt uplifted by it because I realized one of my themes, my personal themes is belonging. Right. That um, by tuning in along with 20 million other viewers or whatever, I was sharing my grief with other people. Okay. So um, I wouldn't normally think of this, but um, being conscious and having developed a gratitude habit, I could see I'm not trying to convince myself to be happy when I'm not. Yep. I honor my feelings, Hmm. but I could still find something to appreciate in this circumstance that I'm sharing my grief, my humanity with other people. Mm, absolutely. So, Deborah, are you offering any? I know you have courses. Do you do one to one sessions? I mostly uh, I do want offer one to one work, but it's my coaching practice is pretty new. I'm still working on trying to get people um, 
accustomed to contacting me and working with me. I've delivered um, a little introduction to intentional gratitude frequently where I teach people how to identify what their personal themes are. And uh, I also have two books. One is like the sample of blogs that I wrote in the first 10 years of my blogging. And that provides a little example of how I use my gratitude themes to write these essays about things from my everyday life that I really care about. I also have a workbook called Practice Gratitude, Transform Your Life, Making the Uplifting Experience of Gratitude Intentional. So that's a very simple book that's maybe 90 pages, and that provides some instruction on how a person might start with this kind of practice. So I do see uh, uh, coaching clients, but because mm -hmm. I didn't really, I started out as a writer, mm -hmm. not as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Sure. So how can they uh, get in touch? So if somebody wants a consultation with you, they want to make a booking, um, I take it everything's all on the website. Um, and I'll give you those details. How do they go about uh, booking with you? What's the what's the, the initial process? Well, I will. They could book a half hour consultation for nothing for free, and then I would sell packages of four. Like I don't think anybody after this consultation could just expect to change things in mm. one session. Mm -hmm. But um, I think within four, you could get a good feeling for whether this could be integrated into your life right. and then decide if you want to continue with this. And you can tune into part two for the rest of this interview with Deborah Hawkins.